With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Lookout Landing Podcast. You are listening to us. Live from a Irish pub in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle, where it is quiet enough for us to record a podcast, but also they have beer, so it's a win-win. Yeah. Uh, this, there are some bagpipes. There are some bagpipes and like four other people, so they're going to get some takes whether they like it or not. Uh, my name is Matthew Robertson. I'm a staff writer at Lookout Landing, and I'm joined by my friends, my drinking buddies, my... <laughs> One Irish friend, one non-Irish friend. We'll start with the Irish, as we are in your your home turf. <laughs> I don't know if I count as Irish. Kate Brewster, like. <laughs> are you Irish? First question. I, I am. I am. I mean, I definitely. My grandparents, my maternal grandparents, were like super into the whole Irish thing, and I was just doing a killer reading out of this book, Celtic Invocations. She was by the decidedly not Irish-sounding Alexander Carmichael. Carmichael British, seems Irish. That's a British ass name. If Aren't they the same one. thing? Uh, uh, is that gonna get? Yeah. Am I gonna get beat up for saying that? You can say it here. <laughs> I don't know. These are fighting. All right, fighting so we didn't reach a conclusion, not. but that's okay. Anyway, I would say that I am the most Irish out of the three of us. Okay. We'll definitely agree. Yeah. That. yeah, that's fair. That other voice you hear is the decidedly not Irish John Troopin. No, uh, mixture of Eastern and Central European. Uh, 
Do your people harbor any hatred towards the Irish? I do not think they have strong feelings. Really? Uh, I mean, mostly Russian and then a little bit of German yeah, and the, Danish. The oppressed like, don't tend to shit on the other oppressed. That's a good right? point. That's no. a good point. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the Russian Jews of my family long, I, long, long ago, I don't think, had strong feelings, <laughs> particularly on the United Kingdom and its various uh, issues. Cool. All right, well, that's the podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> uh, see you next week. Just Heritage Hour with yeah. Matthew, Kate, and John. No, the reason why we're here partially is because the Mariners have an off day, and the first one in a while. Yeah, so we 17, just, 17. 17 straight days. Well, it was maybe, had it been 14 or 17? 17. This was this was because they had a whole 17 Yeah, that's day, right. Before uh, the Angels trip. series, it was 14. And then yeah. by the time they were done, it was 17. Impressively, yeah, right. including a, like, a six-game homestand in the middle with two road trips on either end. Yeah. Uh, which is especially impressive considering that they've played roughly two more games than most of the rest of the league because they oh, started right. in Japan. So you would think, oh, surely they'll have a slightly less strenuous trip travel schedule afterwards you would think that hopefully that will even out throughout the rest of the year but yeah it was definitely a quite a quite a rough start and quite a weird uh, a weird stretch well yeah we got an interesting mix of teams in this yeah. stretch like we had the white Sox and the royals and the angels who appear to be bad hot, yeah hot and trash then, on a tin roof yeah correct uh an old irish proverb <laughs> <laughs> and then we got the Astros, who are, I think, probably the best team in the American League. Yeah. And Cleveland, who has the best pitching, maybe? At least the pitching that we saw right. at the top end of their rotation completely overmatched the Mariners. They played three games in a row against, I believe it was the three pitchers who finished top three in FWAR last year in the American League in Trevor Bauer, or, well, in Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Trevor Bauer. Which yeah. was just like... And spoiler alert, the Mariners did not win any of those no, games, no. unfortunately. We also got, unfortunately, like the best version of every one of those pitchers. Right. Like, we had Verlander at his extreme Verlanderness. Yeah. We had Jarrett Cole being not Carrot Cole, which, like, yeah. as said his name as, wrong both times right there. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, Garrett, is, it is Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. Garrett. Whatever, I like to uh, call just him because I said, Just because I've called the now former Mariner... <laughs> Gareth Morgan Jareth a uh, lot yes. because I like yes, to think of him as the guy fault. in the labyrinth. Yeah. It does not mean that all so, yeah. all Gareths are Gareth. Yeah. Whatever. And, I don't, I don't And then we got uh, Bever Trower who really yeah. really did his thing. Future well, Mariner, like, Trevor Bauer. Future Mariner maybe uh, on like a $69 million one-year deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's going for. Yeah, signed on 420. Yeah, we'll get it. Uh, the first one will be 42 million. The second one will be 69. Million. As as he deserves. John will John will explain all of this. I'm sure at some point. But I do want to point out that like Cole had a lousy start in his next start. He just totally melted down against the Rangers of all people. I think the Rangers won that series. So yeah, they whooped us. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't just that we were getting. And you know, you see this a little bit. I feel like uh, not to make an, an inopportune basketball analogy, but like. The Huskies, when they were sitting on top of the Pac-12, they got everyone's best games. And I was seeing these teams that I'd seen be kind of trash other places. Like, you know, when you're at the top of the standings, they want to come at you with their best stuff. And I almost feel like that's what happened with the Mariners over that homestand. Yeah, I think part of it is probably, like, spite, too, especially for the Astros, where it's like, oh, the Mariners think they're hot shit now because they're 
you know, off to a good yep, 20 yep, game start. Yeah, we back in their place. Right, which they did. And I mean, they did, and, that, and the headlines re- reflected that. Yeah, but it's interesting to think that, like, the Astros had to prove to themselves that they're better than the Mariners when, like, uh, everyone with half a brain knows, knows that. Like, yes. most of the Mariners probably know that. But <laughs> I guess, I mean, if it worked for them, it worked because they swept the shit out of us. Yeah. So. Well, and a sort of, I mean, it was frustrating at, in the actuality, but it, it was not as though, like, well, I, I won't say that it wasn't like they were fully dominated because like they didn't give up any runs, but it was it was a very similar script to how the Mariners have succeeded in a lot of these uh, games. Like they got the pitch counts and they worked a lot of yeah. they had a lot of three two strikeouts essentially was like yep. in, instead of turning any of many of those or any of those into homers or you know and they've said the that they're and, going to strike out a lot because they're going to take close pitches at three yeah. and two and like which is a, if you want a pitcher who's going yeah. to be granted a bigger strike zone yeah. on a three and two count like if that influences anything like definitely justin verlander is going to get that favorable strike yeah. zone and, yeah uh, there were a lot of there were a lot of questions about some of the umpiring in some of the series and were calls that were going one way that were maybe not going the well, other that way. That is, yeah. I think, just what we have to be accustomed to when we have Omar Narvaez, who is the best yes. offensive hitting catcher Absolutely. in the American League right now. terrible yeah. framer. But that's Absolutely terrible, give, brutal, gives brutal. so much. I think that's an interesting point, end. though, offensively, too, because they're such a patient team that you are kind of giving some of the power to the umpire where it's right. like if you're going to spit on that pitch that's mm-hmm. super close like you have to mm-hmm. be really confident not only that it's a ball but that the umpire thinks it's a ball yeah. which right. has backfired a couple times it has but i also think you've seen um i mean daniel vogelback has a great reputation for knowing what the strike zone is like you have a lot of guys on that team who know what the strike zone is who don't put up a big fuss about calls that don't go their way you know you have guys like Hanniger who really have a reputation as like this isn't a guy who's going to get mad about pitches that are way outside the zone mm-hmm. or anything Domingo so, has been super Domingo, patient absolutely. you know even yeah. he strikes out a fair amount it's usually like he yeah. swings it you know something and doesn't quite get it right. but like he's walking a bunch as well like yeah, yeah. right but you don't have I mean I just think the offensive reputation of the Mariners is even if they don't have a great defensive reputation among the pitchers <laughs> hopefully have some of that yeah it man I don't want to dwell too much on it but like I guess here's what I'll here's the way I'll put it I am pleasantly surprised at how few games have been like that Felix start because I thought a lot of the games were going to be like that the Felix, Felix start in Anaheim the Felix start in Anaheim, where the yeah, bullpen, where the bullpen blew, yeah. blew, gave up an eight-run yeah. lead, yeah. Um, and they still won yeah. somehow. Mm. But like, I thought a lot of games were going to be like that, and a lot have been. But yeah. they've won way more of them than I thought right. they would. Like, I thought it would be like this, where it's like, hey, they're exciting, and like, oh my god, it's like close. But ultimately, they don't quite have enough in them. Yeah, and maybe that will bear out more over the next several months. But it, it's. The formula has been essentially the same with a few variations on the final product. Yeah, the Angels series feels like what we're going to get unless the <laughs> roster changes. Like, yeah. it was, I think it was 10 earned runs given up by the bullpen yeah. in four games. Yeah. And then, like, Marco pitched well yeah. and then gave up the homer to Trout, which will happen when you play the Angels. But, like, yeah. it seems like it's exactly that formula you're talking about where they're probably going to score early. 
probably going to score late, and then you just hope that the bullpen doesn't give up runs right. late. Because they've been scoring. I mean, my favorite part about this team so far is they never seem out of it. So you can turn on mm-hmm. a game at any time. Like Sunday against yeah. the Angels, I think they were down six runs in the ninth inning. It was such a listless yeah. game the yeah. entire yeah. way through. And then at the last second, it was just like, oh, yeah. walk, walk, homer, like double yeah. homer, walk, like... It yeah. was just a little too late, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had their chance when Jay Bruce and yeah, Malik grounded out to end it. Sure. He's been pretty rough. And we probably had, so. in the last, the Sunday game against the Angels, I think the two worst relievers got the ball in Alanese and Armstrong, or at least yeah. the two who yeah. maybe have been the worst so far. Yeah. And, you know, if they hadn't given up their runs, then the runs the Mariners got in the ninth right. inning would have meant more. So. And and you I, wrote, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, ahead. No, go for it, Kate. I think it's important to remember that Alanis is a great glass in case of emergency reliever. Like, he yeah. should not be here. Right. He should be in Tacoma. I had to explain that to my stuff. family. There was a lot of, who yeah. are these guys? Yeah. And I was like, but, I barely know. <laughs> I mean, Armstrong struggling is troubling to me because I think he was someone they depended on at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, Festa's got some mechanical issues that they're working out. Theoretically, he should be here. You know, Altavilla just got demoted to Tacoma. Like uh, Strickland, obviously, is hurt. Chasen Bradford is on his way back. It seems very, it seems pretty imminent since Alanis just got sent back to Tacoma. But right. you know, there was a there was some degree of like, well, there's there's not a lot of depth in the bullpen, but also they're having to use some of the depth that really they they. Is not ideal. I would not call RJ Alanis an ideal major no. pitcher. No, and it's right a crazy now. world to be living in where we're like, Jason Bradford, please hurry and get <laughs> yeah. here, just yeah. so we can have a guy who's like pitched in the major leagues before. It's really taught you the difference between like competence and just like, oh, this guy might give up some runs, but I also trust him to get out. Right. And like, oh my God, this this could potentially just be a meltdown every time they're yeah, out there. That's Swarzak for me. Like, I think he might give up. A, one run every time he pitches, but I also think he'll get three outs eventually. Yes. I think that just through sheer rage. Specifically, <laughs> specifically. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's an angry man. I didn't know all this about him, but he's no. been uh, that, experienced that, to that watch. Barbed wire wrist tattoo really hides multitudes. Yeah, of his actually, personality. someone pointed this out amongst us, like amongst the staff. But I want to pose it to the listeners and the greater public. We think that at one point in his life, Anthony Swarzak had gauges because you can see a little thing in his ear. I think so he if just anyone has a knows, shaped earlobe. I did a lot of recon on okay, this. Okay, so yeah. I, I'm gonna go. If anyone knows side, for sure, please let us know. Yeah, exactly. Um, the thing about Swarzak, especially the, the sort of trustiness beyond his questionable uh, sort of years, is that like the bar in my head at this point is oh, the catcher's offering their target there. That's probably where the ball's going to end up. (laughs) And that's how I feel when Swarzak's pitching. And it is not how I feel when almost anyone else is pitching. That's a good point. That speaks to like the competence and experience thing where it's like, I know I can throw it to where the catcher wants it, and if they hit it, so be it. Like, he's not going to overpower anyone. But I think there's the other point of like the players who are Putting the Mariners in chances in position to win games are, by and large, people who could be part of like the next Absolutely. good Mariners team. And the people who are losing these games are mostly not yes. right. Like it's mostly the random Fungible relievers who are like yeah. yeah. Whereas like you know, obviously Encarnacion and Bruce have been good, have had contributing roles. But like outside of that, like Santana, Haniger, Narvaez, Vogelbach, even like Healy, like some of these pieces or right. several of these pieces could be part of it. And that's like 
that is some small solace when I watch another game and get to be stressful for no goddamn just reason. Stick with, just stick with relievers a little bit, because I do want to go back to Healy, who I think has been super impressive, but um, Connor Sadzik, who potentially yeah. could be with the team for a while, the outing he had where he struck out Mike Trout and mm-hmm. like held down, and also... I don't think Scott Service necessarily meant to use his best reliever in the highest leverage point, but it was. I think he the stumbled into leverage. it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like I think accidentally we used the best reliever we had in the pen for in the the toughest spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing because I'm thinking about how I watched where Narvaez was putting his target and Sadzik hit every target, yeah. so. which is wild because like. He was I mean, not doing that no, last year. No, he was not doing that with Texas. Like, and he, he had one outing too for us where he just yeah. wow did not. And, and I think we, we will see more of that. But if if it can become increasingly more that way, which for the most part it has been, that's a guy who throws ninety six right. to one hundred with yeah. like a increasingly decent slider. He yeah, struck who, which out, is he what you need to be to be a on good pitcher. Yeah. Like, um, and what he, what was interesting about that appearance he had on Saturday was it Saturday. Recap, you recap both. So many games. Yeah, we um, we're... So Saturday, he was pitching backwards, using the slider to yeah. set up the fastball rather than using the fastball to set up the slider. Yeah. And it was so smart because he could place that slider wherever, and it has enough movement to where it's a swing and miss pitch. Mm. He'd get guys in this 0-2 hole, and then he could just uncork the 98. Mm. And, you know, if it was outside, it was outside. Yeah. But a lot of times, twice, Fletcher and Trout, he had them swinging through it. So I thought sure. that was a huge step forward. Yeah. I'm really And not excited. a team that swings and misses. Like, not, not, no, notably, lowest, whether they're, very, whether they're good. Lowest percentage in MLB. Yeah, Angels. whether they're like a good offensive team or not, they're not striking out very no. much. So that's, you know, no, they will stand up there and take some pitches, which yeah. is smart if you're yeah. the Angels and you're regularly running out Tommy LaStella <laughs> to have that be yeah. your strategy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some strategy in inaction, especially when you're facing, like, I'm sure for, Sadzek's not a good example because he was in the division, but, like, for the Angels, if they're getting a reliever who they've never seen before, Lost it's like, up. yeah, like, let's just stand here and see what happens, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, which is, is a did. decent threat. Or Brandon Brennan, who no one has really seen, yeah. right. who's been a revelation. I mean, you wrote about this today. Well, sure did. Record. Check out yeah. lookoutlanding.com. <laughs> but, like... Brennan, Elias, and Sadzek and Swarzak have been dominant. I'm, well, dominant. Swarzak's not in the dominant category. Solid That's right. The rest of them, and yeah. like Brennan has been truly like unhittable. It's yeah. wild. Um, I mean, yeah, like that's the type of stuff where it's like all of those people can be here for a while. Yes. So long. And as it's a huge win for the analytics department too for yeah. like yeah. identifying Brennan and. Mm-hmm. Like going out and aggressively mm-hmm. getting him, doing whatever it took basically to get him. Yeah. Um, Sadzek, which I was confused about that. I was like, this guy doesn't throw strikes. Well, now they're they've done something with him. Yeah. So. Uh, what do you? What What has been worrying to you about this this sort of stretch? Because obviously we talked a little. Because I want to talk about the good stuff. Well, so, like I'm, I'm not done. We were talking about Ryan Healy. Who just That's right. Okay, let's let Kate talk about Ryan Healy, no, no. and then we'll. Well, because I wanted to let, I wanted to let you swing to the good afterwards. I wanted to. Oh, dip okay, and right, dip right. that is actually we'll a good back. way to okay. do it. Yeah. Let's, so. let's do the as we used to call it in writing class the pray the praise sandwich. Yes. PQP, oh, interesting. Phrase, phrase, question, polish. Yeah. Oh, so you interesting. start out with something nice, and then you you trouble the waters a little I bit, and then you end with something nice. I listen to your suggestions. Um. 
I, I'm curious because you know we talked a little bit about the the Cleveland and Houston series, which were decent process bad results, but sure. also some like oh they're not actually you know this good. Yeah. But what I what has been sort of worrisome to you? Maybe in, not necessarily among the bullpen, but among guys who yeah. you've wanted to see. Yeah hopefully be a yeah. part of the team going forward. I can feel my soul leaving my body. Yep. I'm so bummed about it. We all have the same answer. Malik Smith has yep. been really bad. Oh, my I have God. A, well, I have a different yeah. answer, so I won't And, you know, luckily, you know, if we're trying to spin it positively, these are kind of his spring training at-bats. Now it's past yeah. the point of a normal spring training sample size, but he didn't play at all in the spring, didn't play in Japan, so he was getting his feet back under him and his forearm or whatever it was feeling good again against live pitching while also the Mariners are playing well. So there's like yeah. the added pressure to do well while everyone else is playing Real well bad. and having oh fun. Oh boy, has he looked bad. He's not looked great He's in the field or, sides. yeah. Yep. And you know, he like has shown all of last season, he's shown that he can be a useful big league player. So it's in there somewhere. He's just got to figure out. And he's out. incredibly useful in the bases. When That's he true. does get on base or as a lead inning pinch runner, I'm yeah. like, Malik's going to steal this bet. Malik's, I think, is... I If I had to pick one player out on the bases in a like very close one-run situation, oh, whatever, yeah. over D, I think, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... But, it's, yeah, it's been a huge bummer. They moved him to ninth for a couple games. Like, yeah. there have been the Mitch Hanniger in center and then Domingo and Bruce in the corners, which... You know, as much as I like to see Malik Smith and I want him to succeed, like when I saw those lineups, I was like, okay, yeah, like good move. Like you don't want to just let it yeah. fester and get worse because, you know, he can only pretty much hit like lead off eighth or ninth. You're not going to hit him anywhere else. So like if it's lead off and he's struggling, like you can't have the worst guy in your lineup getting the most played appearances. I think I'm most, uh, yes, I was very happy to see that move made. Any time we have Hanniger at the top of the lineup, you know that I love that. If T could hit reasonably well, too, like the way he's been doing, maybe you have that potential to move him up at some point, too. But I am most bummed about Malik's in the field, because if he wasn't hitting, I'd be like, whatever, you know, he still brings some value, maybe he can yeah. take a walk. He does see a lot of pitches, and I've really enjoyed that. And he's still walking, like, he's still almost walking. to 10%, yes. like he's, but he's just striking out. Yeah. No, I mean, Malik's against any league average pitcher or better is troubling to me, <laughs> but, you know, if he's up against somebody like, I don't know... Uh, who's one of the An angel starter. Like a Chris Sale, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Which the we've first. seen. That yeah, was, he did that was, that was a fact. Yeah. It's true. I mean, it's... But I want that to also... I want him to be carrying that value in the field. And he's just... His roots look sloppy. He's... You know, his arm was never a strength. His arm was yeah, never a strength. Pasta. Uh, and I don't know that they have. Whereas Ryan has looked better and better at third base under the tutelage of Perry Hill. He really has. They do not have that in an outfield coach for Malik's. I mean, no. they should probably be thinking about going and finding someone who can coach him in center a little better because the athleticism is there, right? right? Like, he's got the ability. It's just there's something. And maybe it's something instinctual that's missing. Like, but I don't, I don't know. I think he needs some help out there. Yeah, and he can accidentally get to balls that a lot of people would never get yes, to. But because of the speed. he'll also take himself, you know, out of the possibility of catching the ball with some bad routes or bad instincts or whatever right. it might be. I don't want to speculate, but it's been tough to watch. And I guess another bright side is it can only really get better. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. I don't, that's one way to and think I mean, of it. For number 
that he didn't have a spring training is also important. I think yeah. he's still like, and he's adjusting. He's adjusting to a bunch of ballparks he's not played a ton in. And, right. Um, and to his credit, we haven't seen it really get to him. Like he's still the right. jovial Malik yes. Smith that we all expected. Super fun. Super yeah. fun player. Love him a lot. But um, yeah, it's it's been troubling. It smells of D Gordon last year oh, to this point. Man. Yeah. I've been a little bit disappointed with. You say Kikuchi, um, and Ooh. not really in a way that makes me particularly concerned long term, but just in terms of you know he's a guy who his bread and butter is having good command and having command of a number of pitches, uh, and you know you'll get hit hard sometimes if you're in the zone a lot, but he I think he's been particularly unfortunate. You know, He's had a rough combo of when he's not been in the zone, he's put people on base, and then yeah. immediately followed that by being two in the zone. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll get, I think, to a place where he's getting more comfortable, and it's early in that. But I, I was hoping, I was looking forward to Kikuchi starts more, yeah. uh, and I, you know, still am because it's exciting to watch him work and figure things out. But he's not been. I think he's impressive rawer so far. than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, that's a good way to put yes. it. Um, I don't. I think that the transition has been harder mm-hmm. than maybe some people thought it was going to be. I think that he's. Honestly, adjusting to how American pitcher or American batters attack compared to how Japanese players attack, um, I think things that worked for him in Japan are not working for him here, and he's a little because he does seem to be coming into things with a plan. Yeah, he's, and he's not been a disaster. He's like, not been he, a disaster. It's no, just, and it's what four starts? Like, yeah, five, sure. Five, yeah, I think now, and it finally yeah. won one. But yeah, it's um, and it's not. Like, you really want to see things be linear, right? Like, you want to see it was taking him four innings to really settle in, and there was taking three innings. And you want to see that linear progression, and it's mm. not happening. Because, honestly, that's not the way learning works. Learning isn't linear most times. So, I, I just... But I do think that, like, for the expectations that maybe some of us had and the excitement, yeah. it's, it's tr- proving to be a more arduous journey. And... I just I don't think that you can talk about him without talking about the fact that he lost his father and yeah yeah and is um, you know I think the club has done a really good job of wrapping their arms around him and embracing him and yeah. loving on him but um, yeah it's got to be so hard it's yeah. it's I cannot imagine the kind of pressure he's under yeah hey, that's yeah we there are great quotes from D Gordon and I think Vogelbach as well a, a few few of the players talking about how you know, how great he's been and how much they've liked him and how, you know, relieved they were for him to get his first win, especially with how difficult that whole situation has been. And I think, you know, he really, he's still been the most, you see something, like he just touched 96 one time, yeah. like like a few times in his last start. Well, his strikeout against Trout, it was yeah. the best fastball he'd thrown all day from three pitches, 96, yeah. 95, 96. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, right, like, that's in there. Yeah. And I yeah. think, like, the more comfortable he gets, the more hopefully we'll see either sparks specifically of that or, you know, sparks like that of, like, 
this is when I break this out and I right. can maintain a similarly high level at other times. So, And I think the fact that he did have his best velocity of the day against Trout shows that even though exterior you might see like a very composed dude yeah. and he like doesn't let anything get to him, like the velocity is telling you a story there a little yeah. bit I think and it is like I am pitching against the best player in the world right now. And I want to have a good showing. So you know that that's in his head a little bit. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I think it's easy to sort of like fall into your own narratives that you've created in your head when watching sports. You're like, I think this guy is like this. Right. And then you stick with that forever. Which is why the Ryan Healy renaissance has been the Ryanaissance. <laughs> the Ryanaissance. Trademark. <laughs> no one, of the podcast. Must credit Matthew Robertson. <laughs> no one else can say that. <laughs> the Ryanaissance. It has been like really like... Because you, like, I didn't expect it to be this sort of wide-ranging. Like, if you would have told me before the season that he would make an improvement, like a noticeable one, I would have guessed, okay, he's either going to be better than I thought at third or better yeah. play discipline, and he's done both. Yeah. While also, like, hitting the ball in the air more and just having better at-bats overall. So, like, to see it all happen this fast, too, like, in the first, yes. whatever, 30, 25 games of the season is, it's crazy. And we're all, like, you know... I've been trying to stay positive about Ryan for as long as possible. We because love him so much. We love him we as love a person. Him. Yeah. Last year as a player was objectively tough. but Very hard to watch his at-bats. Yeah. But now to see it be so opposite this early tells me that, A, the organization has done a decent job, but also, yeah. B, that Ryan has put in the work and like didn't let the narratives of the outside world sort of drag him down into yeah. this guy who can't do anything offensively or defensively. I think when they traded for him, I was very confused about why they got him because I was like, they're C the Z people, right? Like, this dude is the opposite of C the Z. It was him and D, like, in quick situation. Yeah, and I was like, what is happening to C the Z? And then last year you saw C the Z was just, like, non-existent. Mm -hmm. And this year it does feel like there's a concerted effort to get back Mm -hmm. to it. It's... You see D taking pitches. I mean, there have been games where D and Ryan have both walked. There have been games where yeah. <laughs> there's been games that. where Ryan's walked multiple times. <laughs> I didn't even know that like, was allowed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, and Ryan maybe not the fastest learner. Maybe maybe it just takes a right. while for a message. Maybe it to takes a in. whole season. Maybe maybe, <laughs> um, you know maybe and it, it's hard. I I, can, I would imagine when you are brought over to a new organization and you're said like okay like this is how you are used to doing things but this is how we do things here and this is how you're going to do things from now on and like you're doing that at the same time as you're playing a sport at the highest level so yeah sure i i mean maybe that's maybe that's much tougher than we give it credit for and maybe baseball is hard (laughs) big league pitchers very good uh, but I think I was very disappointed last year that the Ryan Healy experiment didn't work and they weren't able to transfer these things to him. But, like, he just he looks like a different player to yeah, me. Yeah, 100%. And his third base defense has been, I mean, I have gone from literally biting my hand every time a ball was hit to third base. It's a gentle like, nibble. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gentle nibble. I mean, there's still a small intake of breath. Like, it's not Kyle Seeger over there. We're very spoiled by Kyle. I don't think, like, we realize as Mariners fans, like, how much Kyle Seeger spoiled us because he was just so He's reliable there. Yeah. yeah, and 
I don't think that's nor. I don't think that the style, the level of play we were accustomed to, is normal necessarily. It has sort of been a like golden age for third basemen in general around that's a good the point. league, yeah. and yes. like the drop off, like. We've had probably, what, like a couple, like Andrew O'Mine, Sean O'Malley, like whatever games, and like that's been about it over the last nearly yeah, a decade. Yeah, it's mostly just been Kyle out there. So it, it, it has been an adventure watching Ryan learn over there. But and learn like, he is. It has... I mean, even in just, like, the first couple weeks, you saw him sort of adjust how he throws, and, like, his he was leaving everything high, and now he's mostly working from, like, a lower arm slot where the ball's pretty consistently hitting, you know, if he gets the ball over there, it's getting Encarnacion in the chest, and, like, he's still yeah. inexplicably sliding half the time for every ball. Yeah, he looks, I think he just likes it. I, <laughs> it looks fun. Ryan is of the earth. And yeah. he likes to like return. So exactly. My my mom uh, very kindly would essentially sew patches at first when I was a child of like varying shapes into all of my like pants because I would slide oh, around yeah. my house all the time. Like we had wood floors and I loved sliding um, and practicing like sliding into bases or making diving plays. And eventually it happened so much that it was just like, no, 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 no fun shapes. You got a square, you got a circle. <laughs> I feel oh. like probably Ryan Healy's family, whoever was in charge of his clothing, had a similar experience. Oh yeah. Um, because Maybe that they just ma- put knee pads on him. Yeah, that would have been wise. Like knee pads, kid. Would have been yeah. wise. I bet he was a very injury-prone kid. <sighs> I accident I bet, is a better. I just I imagine I bet, Ryan yeah, Healy I bet Ryan with Ryan Healy's house. bloody nose yeah. as a child, <laughs> or like a bruise, black yeah. eye, like. Or like one of those things, you know those videos where it's like the parent like is in the bathroom for like thirty minutes or whatever, and they come out and the kids have like given each other haircuts, like something like that. I feel like that. I feel like he's like a very curious, like whimsical <laughs> child who just tried things. Absolutely. And it's that spirit that's leading to him having success at third base. Like I feel like Ryan was just like looked himself in the mirror and was like, "Okay, Ryan." You're a third baseman now, and yeah. he's like just going and out there. Damn it, people like me. <laughs> yeah. I, I really do, hope. Though. We really do. I really hope that's his clubhouse ritual every time. <laughs> I, I will say there's been no there's been no more endearing quote that I've read in pretty much sports journalism ever than the full description of <laughs> D Gordon like MLB the Show using a controller like oh, yeah. joystick. Oh, on to a control. little controller. Yeah, and I love how Ryan was like, I almost messed it up. Like, <laughs> I almost ruined the whole entire yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. is the exact quote. On the, this is, of course, Justin Boer's pop-up where D. Gordon screamed at Ryan to yes. let it drop and then pointed every, pointed the entire... <laughs> Directed. Play, conducted the entire play. Like and people were giving Ryan credit for it. That was hilarious. Ryan Divish yeah. tweeted, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Ryan. I was like, oh, no, no. Have you met Ryan Healy? <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. we're not gonna say anything about that. Uh, Let's. Uh, we got a question that kind of is hinting at all these things that we're talking about. Um, this comes from Michael Q. Cham on Twitter. Thank you, as always, to everyone who sent us Twitter questions. Um, Michael just simply says, "What are your thoughts on the Depoto development program thus far?" And I think that we can sort of 
co-opt this to mean like you know the people he's traded for the people in the yeah. minors who are undergoing changes the people at the big league level who have undergone changes um what do we think with each sort of passing day and new acquisition we get a new yeah. sort of perspective on jerry depoto um, so where are you guys on a uh, old Jedi I right now? I say, I've been pretty negative about the pitching acquisitions because, like, ton of money to Mark Sipchinski, ton of money to Juan Nicasio, like... Some ill-advised trades yeah. at the deadline last year. Uh, I mean, just uh, Nick Rumbelo. Like, I've been very concerned about their ability to identify pitching talent, which isn't necessarily... Depoto himself, it could be the analytics squad, whatever. Yeah. I don't know why. But we should mention, too, that he did trade for Marco. Yeah, there have been I mean, some good parts. Uh, Turned Edwin into a, a closer. It's a weighing out of things, right? So we have Marco and the Edwin success. and um, Wade LeBlanc. Was that Jerry? Yeah. Well, I mean... That brought him back Jerry to twice. Seattle. It was Jerry yeah. twice, yeah. Um, Adam also I, with the Angels, and, and I mean, I would say too, like it's not just that; it's Brian DeLunis, like it's Paul right. Davis, and um, I think this year specifically with Brendan Brennan, who I was so doubting on. We were making a lot of fun of him. I mean, yeah. he <laughs> His was name a... is Brendan Shawn Michael Brennan. I mean, he should be the <laughs> owner of this place. Like I didn't know that. I'm Irish yeah. pub owner Brendan Shawn Michael Brennan. <laughs> Like, come on, that is that's, that's a incredible. guy who like rents yeah, himself out every not, March 14th to be like a leprechaun at your party. Like. I may or may not have called him an industry plant, insinuating that he was not a real baseball player. <laughs> they just dropped him in there because he was the part. There was one video of him playing baseball on YouTube, yeah. and at the time that we were writing about him, MILB TV was down, so we couldn't even go back and watch. Yeah. So there was only one. Pretty grainy video of yeah. supposedly him playing. Baseball. Yeah, he's another success was, story of the Depoto era. Yeah, so I mean so that far. if they've been able to do something with Sadzik, like I'm, I mean I'm feeling pretty good about it. And also it helps that like all the prospects, basically all the prospects in the minors are raking. Like Jared yeah. Kelnick is destroying the South Atlantic League. He looks awesome. I know that that was a really tough trade for a lot of... Mar- I mean, imagine what we'd be doing right now if we had Edwin Diaz. But, like, Jared Kelnick is looking every bit like the five-tool franchise cornerstone player that they said he would be. Yeah, so. I mean, DTW has looked yes. good. Fraley has looked good. Um, J.P. Crawford's looked good. Fine. He's looked good. Fine. He's hitting 300, 400... Yeah, 450 about the defense, but yeah, he's, he's definitely yeah. been hitting. He's, he's Shed hitting Long. better. Shed Long's been solid. Um, there are other people whose names I'm <laughs> blanking on, of course. And, well, and we're mostly talking about the, the hitters in that regard. But, you know, like Sanchez, has, Ricardo Sanchez is looking. Justin Sheffield has struggled, and he's been sort of a main standout in yeah. struggling because Justin Dunn has looked pretty good. Justin Dunn's looked um, good. And L.J. Newsom. uh after attending gas camp. Yeah. Shout out to gas is, camp. Yeah. yeah, he went to yeah. gas camp and is um, the best pitcher in the California, the best pitcher at high A, basically. Yeah. yeah. So far. Um, and then soon we get to see uh, Eric Swanson make some starts with Wade on the shelf. He had one good so. start. He's starting tomorrow's game. Yeah. I'm very excited about that, actually. And I actually wanted to touch on that a little bit specifically. It was like, it's a guy who a lot of people have understandably thought it's a guy with one really good pitch, and maybe that makes him a reliever. But like, they, the I guess the M's have continually 
over the years bet on their own development. Right. And I love that theoretically, but we've had a lot of, you know, inconclusive, I guess, answers uh, for the most part. You know, they, they've done a good job identifying some players. You know, Hanniger being identified as, like, not just kind of a throw-in piece. But right. um, it's still... It, it is such a difference to essentially have an organization full of players that they chose at this point, And you actually can feel comfortable in saying, okay, they're evaluating these players they're developing these players yeah you can make much more conclusive decisions and i've been pretty encouraged so far absolutely yeah i think he's earned the benefit of the doubt him being jerry depoto on all these moves like at least i'll give them a shot you know what i mean after seeing brandon brennan actually be a person right and it was it would have been it would have been very hard (laughs) it would have been very difficult if essentially if this hadn't happened if the players not even at the major league level, but if the if the prospects had come out of the gate and really struggled across the board, you know, I think that's it's not so much that you're we're making a judgment on well a good first month here for guys, but that you're seeing the top level prospects most for the most part have success, and you're seeing you're starting to see those extra guys who are fill out the rest of the roster. Yeah, pop up, and that's where you—that's where a you know a good team becomes a deep team. You know, when you have guys like LJ Newsom right. emerging, and so and so suddenly, oh, the pitching depth suddenly is Darren quite McCacken so Darren McCracken at Double A. Right. You know, like if you can make something out of these guys, you have the depth to work with uh, a little bit better throughout the rest of your career. Yeah. Um, we have a question that also kind of fits nicely in here. I don't know if this is a thought that you've sort of wrestled with or has come to your mind during this surprising start, but um, a filthy raccoon on Twitter, what's up? Uh, they uh, want to know, at what point does their current success hurt the rebuild? Can they still trade guys like D and Jay Bruce if they're in first place? I, I don't think D Gordon's getting traded, but no. Jay Bruce, Edwin... Some of the relievers on right. one-year deals. At what point? I guess can you trade them if they're contributing to a first-place team that might accidentally make the playoffs? I mean, I don't think that the return that you were going to get out of any of the players who were tradable is so significant that um, if they happen to continue on, that it really hurts them. The big pain pieces were the off-season moves, and they infused a lot of talent into the minors that wasn't there before, and uh, I think anything else that they do is kind of gravy. Yeah, I think they're in a very strange position where almost any move that they make isn't actually going to subtract all that much from their Major League roster right now as constructed. Um, You have... Encarnacion and Jay Bruce, both of whom are essentially first basemen, they are struggling to fit both the, both of them and Vogelbach and Healy into the lineup on any given day. So once you have Seeger back in June, yeah. July, whenever that is, you're not going to be just suddenly going to Dylan Moore starting every day. You're going to be going to Vogelbach just more easily starting every day. Right. And Healy probably starting at first again or something like 
that where it's not a drastic drop off and so you know it could be something where that really kills the morale of the team and maybe that has repercussions but that's pretty difficult to measure and just in terms of production of players by that point you'll also have probably jp crawford or shed long or maybe a you know justice sheffield also up so you'll you'll have guys coming up who have talent who can supplement you'll have Braden bishop who can help if you know malik smith needs a blow or something like that like you'll have they have depth options that in a very macro sense should be able to help if you're actually in that position in july you will have players who can fill in on a starting basis that will that will not hurt too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that's fair, and I think so. Sort of answer the question like very directly. Like, if they're in first place, you can absolutely still trade Bruce and Encarnacion specifically because that just opens up playing time for people who are younger and are going to be on the team in the future. So it's mm-hmm. like if they're going to make the playoffs, I don't think it really matters whether or not. You know, and Encarnacion and Bruce are around to see it. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather trade them and maybe hurt the chances of making the playoffs if it means we get, like, a prospect or a useful player and also more consistent at-bats for Healy and Vogelback. Like, that's fine. I don't think we should completely change our entire perspective on the organization based off, you know, 25 games that could morph into something better, but it's still not worth mortgaging your future. Okay, let's get to a lighter question that really doesn't have anything to do with baseball. Which we always like these, so thank you everyone who sends us yep. nonsense. Yeah. Especially um, our dear friend and frequent question asker, Isabel Manassian. This is a, a multi-pronged question, so I'll break it down for you. The 2019 Mariners are hosting a party. That part is not a question, that's a fact. Please discuss the hypothetical <laughs> dynamics. Who devotes hours to cleaning the house? Who crafts an inexplicably complex signature cocktail? Who refuses to move from the snack table? Who gets rowdy and chucks the Christmas tree out the window? So let's start with the responsible person. Who devotes hours to cleaning the house? Kyle Seeger. Jay Bruce. You think Bruce? I think Kyle Seeger is the guy who gets like a drop of alcohol in him and just goes nuts. (laughs) Like I think he loses his inhibitions. No. I think I think that's the vibe I, think he goes I get. To sleep. I think he goes to sleep. I think, I, I, he I get, falls I asleep in the recliner at like oh, six yeah. thirty. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, I can see that. I do think Jay Bruce is more of a cleaner. Yeah, I think Kyle's he kind of a up, he cleans up the play house. it as it lies sort of guy when it comes to yeah. cleanliness. I think Omar Narvaez pitches in with the cleaning. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Sure. For some reason, I feel like Marco Gonzalez is like a very clean person. I bet he's very organized. I think that's good. I also think Marco is a work hard, play hard kind of guy. Yeah. I think he'll clean the house knowing that he's going to drink nine beers (laughs) afterwards. Who crafts, spends hours crafting the signature cocktail? I think Corey Guerin does that. Oh, yeah. Because he's very into, like, I can see that big time. And relievers have a lot of time to sit around and think. So he's probably already done this in his mind. He is a thinker. I I think Anthony Swarzak only drinks from his personal flask. (laughs) I think he has his own. Because he's Mad Eye Moody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Swarzak's definitely the guy who insists on playing the music that nobody else wants to listen to. Yeah. So, you know, we're listening to this entire, like, I don't know. 
What would Anthony Swarzak listen to, do you think? Corn? Uh, yeah, like, I feel like it's a little aggro, yeah, but... Yeah, some Alter Bridge. I also... Freak on, freak on a Leash mixed with Freak a Leak. Oh, I would listen to that. I would go to that party. All right, Anthony Swarzak, if you're doing that, let me know. Yeah, we're around. Okay, who refuses to move from the snack table? I mean, there's some low-hanging fruit. It would be... It'd be easy to say Vogelback, but I don't want to say Vogelback. Oh. Um, Who's the big snacker? I D think Malix is a big D snacker. Gord. No, B D D posted an Instagram of his birthday last night, and he was just like eating some of the greasiest looking pizzas I've ever seen <laughs> in my that. life. Or he says he's like eats eight in an outburst. Like D just strikes me as someone who can just doesn't gain weight. Yeah, yeah, down him. yeah so that yeah, makes I sense. Think, and I don't think he drinks, so yeah, just like that's fair. I'm just thinking like. Cause like D doesn't really have like nervous energy. Like D's very like entertaining, Smooth. but he's yeah. very, he's very yeah, composed. Malik is like <laughs> Malik is like constantly full of energy. Who would be awkward who'd at a party? Awkward. I feel like no. oh, Mitch. Tom Murphy. Mitch would be the Mitch. Tom Murphy maybe too, I, but Mitch would one hundred percent be like. I don't yes. even think he'd be awkward. Super he just would be like. He'd be in a corner and he would like have a very like a basic pleasant conversation. Yeah. And then he'd be like I. We who would satisfied be, our conversation here. Who would be your safe yeah, yeah. haven where, like, the, you don't know anyone at the party, maybe, like, things are going weird and you just need someone to talk to, mm-hmm. hang out in the corner with? Is that Domingo? Domingo? John likes Domingo? Yeah, Domingo is fun. He's got the nicest face of any human being I've nice ever seen. I think, he's smiling yeah. while he swings. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think if I just need to, like, like, maybe I'm feeling it a little bit, I need to sit down and relax, I'm finding Mike Leak and just That's putting funny. my arm around him. See, I think Mike looks maybe on the porch into yeah, some rowdier Mike, shit than everyone no, else. No, I don't think rowdy shit. I think Mike Leak is like off by himself for sure. But that'd be Rumbelow. Like, Rumbelow would be like well, scaling the building. Rumbelow's not invited. Rumbelow's not invited. Wow. Um, <laughs> Mike he got Leak ejected is out today. Out He's ejected from Kate's party. Okay. Uh, Mike Leak is out on the porch smoking cigarettes and talking about like deep. Like deep philosophical life yeah. stuff. Yeah, oh, but I'm into that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, uh, Wade actually, I think would be Wade the is a good a good calmer. Like Wade's, yeah, I think also Wade, Wade might, might be the first. Wade's my ride home, I think. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, who's the one who gets rowdy and chucks the Christmas tree out the window? Assuming this is a Christmas party now. Uh, I will say, <laughs> there was not a Christmas party where I know that particular event happened. Oh, I see. Um, Ryan, I think. Yeah, Ryan, that Ryan seems right. Gets, like, I just think he gets overexcited yeah. and hyper, and he I think feels this, like something's a really good idea. I think the sleeper there would be Felix. Felix gets excited. Oh. Yeah, that's true. He's very that's excitable. True. He loves to make a scene. Yeah. I think he would like the attention. <laughs> I think he'd be hyped, yeah. And I, I mean, yeah. you know, he's he's got a stronger lower body now at this point in his career. I think he could squat. Maybe Felix and, and Ryan each take an end. And yeah, yeah. Sling yeah. the tree yeah. out. <laughs> I think they would be great buddies in a different, you know, if they were in, like coming up the same age. Felix loves Vogelback. Have you noticed? Yeah, that? there's a lot of good Felix, hugs. Yeah, Felix loves Vogelback. I would love Vogelback too if I was a pitcher and this dude was never playing in the field <laughs> and hitting better than literally everyone That's in the Like this guy is only providing the best possible chance for me to win and nothing else. Yeah, like, Vogelback is pure value. That's a good point. He doesn't do anything to decrease his value. <laughs> 
Both probably on the but field and off the field. But he's not out there, like, saving you with double no, plays. No, but you don't need him to, right? Like, And you wouldn't you, expect him to. Yeah, and, like, if he was, at, like, you're not asking him to do what you're asking, like, Ryan or, like, Jay Bruce to yeah. do out there. Like, I love Domingo, but, like, Domingo just, like, jogs after everything and then, like, somehow doesn't get to the ball very, like, yeah. for, like, 85 years. Yeah, he's a and, like, curious outfitter. <laughs> he's ponderous, I think. Yeah. <laughs> ponderous is a good way to describe it. Oh. Okay, let's end with this one, which is actually weirdly appropriate given the location of our uh, recording studio. Mm-hmm. This is from uh, our friend Kazuto. Uh, Kazuto wants to know if the Lookout Landing staff played a drinking game where they should take a sip every time they call the home park Safeco, how long would it take John to find himself on a bar floor? Um. First of all, not that long. First of all, friend of the podcast, Kazuto Yamazaki, thank you very much for calling in. Uh, hurtful. And calling and, you and, out. Yeah, and calling, calling in and calling me out. Uh, there's a lot of me, so it would take <laughs> quite some time to That's really true. knock me out. Yeah, I mean, John has to have like three shots to every normal human's. I have never blacked out. Uh, wow, flex. But I, <laughs> well, but I say I do say safe go a lot, so I think that is a pretty reasonable oh, context yeah, for the first time. Okay. Um, it also depends on what the time frame is here. Like, if it's like, is it an all-day thing? Are we at a game? I guess in this scenario, where John's on a bar floor. So if we're in a bar for like, let's say pen four floor. hours. We can say the pen floor. Okay, yeah. If we're in the pen for an entire game, let's yeah. say we get there 30 minutes before the game. Because we have nothing better to do. What about those happy hour prices? Yeah, we're there on a on a weekday. I mean, so what this question is really about is, will John just continue to refer to it as Safe Coffee? Yes. And I feel like I think we all will, right? A chance he will. It's so much. I'm not easier. even doing it like with knowingly. It, the real problem is that T-Mobile doesn't have an easy two like two syllable abbreviation. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, which is T-Mobile. such a lazy. The mobe. Like, yeah. like the mobe. Momo. Like. Timo, like all of them are like Momagentimo problems. <laughs> yeah, like Safeco, easy. TMP, like, not good. TMP is not the worst thing I've heard it's though. Not the no worst. one's gonna ever say that, no. but I mean, we Timbo. we are change makers. Anyway. Timbo, no. Tempo. Have you guys heard this Lizzo like, song called Tempo? Oh yeah. Dude. Some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't say it. I can't say it. <laughs> Kate, I could see Missy Elliott enter Kate's body yeah. and then immediately leave. Kate was like, I can't. <laughs> it looked, it looked very you never go full Missy. Very disor- I, am very, I embarrassed myself pretty hard with my Migos thing. Oh, yeah. Time, but I have been listening to that. <laughs> for breakfast. Some Migos for breakfast. Yeah. You thought they were a rowdy group of golden retrievers and then a Mexican breakfast, both of which are incorrect. Uh, so yeah, John's getting but also, drunk. I don't want to twerk here in the in the no, this Irish is not the time. Pubs. The Irish, <laughs> the Irish band the twerking place. long ago. <laughs> Actually, let's end with this. Who's your favorite Irish Mariner? Sean O'Malley, yeah. obviously. I mean, come on. He is definitely the most Irish name. JJ Putz was great. definitely He's Irish. So Putz? That's an. You don't Irish think so? I mean, he just had red hair. <laughs> Sean Green. Sure. That's an Irish guy for sure. <laughs> Um, I don't know confidently the Irishness of any other player. I mean, it's pretty easy to guess. 
Hmm. And the cool thing about the Irish is they don't get that mad. So, <laughs> so we'll be fine. <laughs> They're very gentle, calm uh, people. I'll say Sean Armstrong. He's probably, yeah. I think anyone named Sean, it's a good... Yeah, it's a good guess. It's a good guess, Solid yeah. guess. But Sean Green was I S-E-A-N. Ryan. I bet Ryan Healy is some kind of Irish. I think most white people probably are a little bit, <laughs> a little Irish. bit Irish. I think that's how it works. All right, well, let us know what you think. We would love to hear your favorite Irish Mariner. Um, let us know what you think about these in-person podcasts. We like doing them, and we get to go to bars, which yeah, is fun. That, yeah. this is, also, this if, is the, fun. if the audio quality on this was solid enough, we will do this repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, let us know. Yeah, that, if you own a bar and want to host there us, it is. Yeah, let us know. True. We will pay for food. Uh, yeah. and drink. So. Any bar that gives us a private podcast room <laughs> gets, I don't know, a premium Lookout Landing membership? I don't know. If yeah, yeah, the gold member. Yeah. You know, we'll, uh, we'll shout it out as opposed to saying this is an indiscriminate Yeah, Irish it's an bar. undisclosed location. <laughs> um, you gotta sample all the Irish bars in Seattle to find us. <laughs> I'm sure they're out doing that right now. Yeah, well, uh, what's next for the Mariners? We got the Padres, I believe, and yep. then... Texas? Texas? Back home. So pretty winnable, hopefully. I mean, it seems like a good... I don't know. Texas uh, stuck it to the Astros. That's true. And, and they have... Good. I don't think... Yeah, I don't they think... Have I think these, it's smoke and mirrors. The Mariners have the first highest run scored per game. Texas has the second highest run scored wow. per game. I refuse to acknowledge them as anything. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm saying Joey Gallo might disagree with you. Yeah, Joey Gallo so, might uh, take a bat to your uh, head. He might put a ba- sure. he might hit a baseball from where he is in Texas right now <laughs> He's through the window of this Irish pub. Yeah, all of the wow. weird sounds you heard were actually Joey ba- Joey Gallo <laughs> taking batting practice. He's just outside. We won't let him in. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a Mariners podcast, Joey. We will not let you on. You're too tall for our mic. You're too tall for our mic, and we're very afraid of you. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> all right. Well, that was a good and normal podcast. <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, I'm going to pass it over to Kate for our signature ending. Ha-bye! That was, that was an Irish. Get it?